This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Rum, do you hear something? Yeah, what is that? It's a bird. No, it's a plane. No, it's not that. Ooh, it's the best of the buzz with Bill. Is that right, eh? It's a good sign of things to come. Commentary on trending headlines with veteran AMI producer Bill Shackleton. Well, now. Billy! I say Shack! Yep, I'm back. How would you guys like to be in a hockey game for for over 241 hours? Good grief. Yeah. My gosh. Um, wow. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, this was this uh, initiative was started in 2012 when a group of people decided to raise money for the um, Alberta Children's, Hosp- Children's Hospital Foundation. So basically, they what, one of the fem- uh, the founding members of this team, his his son had cancer, and another member of the team, his daughter had cancer. So they raised over a million dollars. So they broke the record. But that now this year they did it again, and they started on March 31st and it and ended on April 11th. Now, Good can you grief. imagine being on the ice? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Now I don't well, know what, the ins and outs, Billy. The rules, like I mean, obviously you got to be able to come off. You got to be able to sleep. You got there are certain things, and I know this is streamed too. Um, at least I think when we spoke about it a, a year or two ago, whenever it was, um, they, they mentioned people could have checked out the live stream because I remember thinking, oh my goodness, that would have been really cool. Well, actually, the rules were that there was four hours on the ice and four hours off. So basically, um, each player had four hours on. I mean, can you imagine being on the ice for four hours straight anyway without, yeah. And then four hours. That's like playing, like even if you played in the NHL, you're not on the ice ever that long. Yeah. And there was like, there was a lot of them had staphylococcus infections because of the sweat and putting, you know, taking their gear off and putting it back on again. What did they have like four hours to do everything and then get back on? Yeah, that's right. So, so what you're saying is sleep. because the equipment wasn't cleaned, you know, yeah. like you play, you know, like that, you're playing so many, it's, oh my goodness, that would get you an infection. Yeah. It makes sense. It would. And, um, their, their feet swelled up three times the size and they had like back injuries, hip injuries, but it's all in a good cause. I mean, as they said, it's nothing compared to what a cancer patient goes through. Yeah, so that's like more than that's 10 days. On the yeah, that's right. That's the takeaway. Billy, do they, do they actually play hockey? Like that would be strenuous enough just skating on a rink. I don't imagine it was, I mean, they're, they're, they're I don't, I think they, I guess they did, but I was, they would be probably limited contact and they wouldn't be hurting each other. So I imagine no, they, I, they, I wonder if they just pass it around, right? Like yeah, if you I just wonder, do the I crisscrossing, yeah. you know, just, you know, and just talk or play music and, and that, and just listen to some, because you'd be practically skating asleep half the time that you did. Yeah. This. You would, you would be, you would be. Yeah. Well, good for them. I mean, that's yeah. incredible. Wow. Well, when you talk huge numbers, like a million dollars for it, like, and it, and, this is a lot like this is people who do these things walk from city to city or whatever um and and take hours and you know we the the they're not used to doing that no one does it so you come up with something like this nobody does this plays hockey for four hours takes a a nap or eats and whatever goes back out plays again and does that for for 10 days yeah that's really that's incredible
Ontario teen teens tutor Ukraine students who can't attend classes because of war with Russia coming from CTV news. So this started out as a project, a young lady in Waterloo, actually. Funny, a lot of these people come from Waterloo, but it's, uh, you know, it's uh, what they call it, the invention capital. We have a lot of good things coming out of Waterloo, including this one. She developed a, what they call the homework hub, and it was designed because her siblings had trouble keeping up with their homework and understanding certain concepts. So apparently this has taken off around the world. And she was approached by a woman from the Ukraine who said, we have students here that can't attend classes because of the war, you know, the whatever. So she's she has extended this project to um, Ukrainian students. Now, these are high school students that, that from Waterloo that volunteer their time, and they use Google Meet. And I guess as long as you have an internet connection or you have access to the internet or whatever, you can do this. So they teach, um, well, the article didn't specifically say a lot, but they said concepts. But what the one thing they said was English, and it's very important for these people, I guess, to learn English. They want to learn English to get ahead, and maybe they want to move to Canada. But but I would instinct to know what other uh, – it sounds like they, they help people with homework. If you're having homework and you can't do it because maybe you can't – you don't have a computer in class, I guess these students can help you with that. And I, I gather by the concepts they mean math. Yeah, it's really um... – uh, what I find really amazing about this initiative is that it wasn't an initiative that started because of the war. It's something no. that was already out there. These kids were doing, I've been doing this lately, uh, these teens have been doing like incredible things to recognize that education is not uh, equitable, I guess, right? It's not equitable around the world. And, and also at this point, point in time it's much of a struggle for a lot of people because of the remote learning and everything um and then that was the catalyst to yeah. keep helping during the uh ukraine invasion which yeah. to me that's um, that's really like we have to applaud them because it was something that they were already running based on another crisis which was <laughs> covid and then yeah. that spun into something that could be even bigger and more specifically wonderful for this international country um that's going through its own struggles right now with education like how how amazing is that it is i i wonder what they do teach i mean these kids are high school students but the kids i think that they teach are, are in grades one to six or seven yeah. uh, something like that so i think it's just the opportunity to kind of um I, I think of this like peer support uh the opportunity to help students you know have a time and place where they could sit down and do homework together uh and then if you have questions you know that there's people who can help you out because they're they're of higher um grades than you but it's not even you know, they're not taking time from teachers, from parents. It's all everybody helping everybody. And subliminally, you're you're expanding education that way, right? The interest in education. Uh, one thing is the access to education, but the other thing is saying, hey, guys, school is all right. Let's, let's do school together. Mm-hmm. Um, and the normacy that brings yes. in a time that's not normal. That's right. And I also think that they, they're, by talking to, they're learning about different cultures, too. I mean, they're talking to Canadians and 
It's like, what's it like to live in well, Canada? Yeah, and the whole wide world that there is, but yet the commonalities too. Be, and, and I'm sure the students are learning so much from the pupils, as that their pupils as to life there, life going on, and, and those little things to, to just make a difference in a horrible time. Right. And I mean, at the best of times, even it, it's such a wonderful, nice thing. Yeah. All right. Yeah, are we getting... Sorry, Bill. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a war, sir, to do this. I mean, Mm -hmm. but but yeah. this article um basically a glimpse of remote living draws uh, with parkinson's draws unlikely visitors to tiktok Mm. what um and basically this is from the canadian press and what what really got me my attention with this article is that there's a guy in quebec that is over 50 and he chops wood, boils water, exercises. He's living in a remote cabin all by himself. And he basically has Parkinson's. He's doing it all by himself with Parkinson's. And he decided to shoot a video of himself drawing water and boiling water and doing all the things. He never thought in his wildest dreams that this would be, it would catch on. I mean, TikTok is famous for dancing and stunts and things like this, right? So mm-hmm. he did not disclose his disability at all. People, he didn't want to. He basically, he, he, um, people figured out that he had this disability. And what, what, what it is, is he is using his disability to, you know, to promote Parkinson's. He's not using it as a crutch. And that's what really got this article. He's doing all these things with this disease. And he believes that the exercise that he's doing uh, for chopping wood and 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 you know building fires and this sort of thing um, is helped him is helping him deal with it, and I think that's what got me. You know, with a lot of visitors, you know, when they find out that he has Parkinson's, and you know, like I said, he figured it out. And they figured it out for themselves. I give the guy a lot of credit who is using his disability. Not he want he doesn't want help. He doesn't want sympathy. He's showing people that uh, you know they can do he they can do maybe some of the things he can do. Mm-hmm. Do you think we'll ever in society get to where we're not as shy, or maybe it is the way it should be? I don't know about asking questions. Maybe we feel it's personal um, when we encounter mm-hmm. somebody or we know of. I I always find that. And we've talked about it a lot on the show. People like to learn in the way they're comfortable with. And a lot of people will watch a video like that because they don't feel the person's with them. They don't feel uncomfortable sitting there gawking at the person, if you want to call it that, or any of these things that we consider a negative. I mean, as a blind person traveling and moving around, I remember being very paranoid that people were staring at me. And it Mm -hmm. dawned on me one day, yeah, but sure people are watching you and they're not all watching, waiting for you to trip over or fall down. They're trying to understand. And that is the best thing for me and others in my situation to, for people to make that attempt. And I, I think when we see someone create a video like this, um, that's their personal, they're sharing that with people. So we are that fly on the wall peeking in. 
but I think it's a way people feel more comfortable um, to peek in. Not not so much like you know some you know buddy spying on someone, as much as being educated in a way that you're comfortable with that you can learn from uh, versus asking questions because we get feeling so oh this is a silly question I'm going to ask them they're probably going to think there's something up with me or I'm trying to be rude um, and this takes it away. I I don't know if we ever should get away from feeling that way and just simply ask. Like I like when people ask me questions and be able to get that chance to answer, but I also recognize there's other mediums that people are learning stuff from. Yeah, and the thing is, Kels, when you talk about people asking questions, uh, this person seems to have started this where um he wasn't really doing disability awareness at all. And then it was his, no. you know, people noticing that he may have yeah. Parkinson's and then asking questions that are kind of for their own curiosities, right? Especially if you, if you are someone who lives with Parkinson's or knows someone, that that's what it seems to have started. And that to me is awesome. Um, it's like when you run into someone, like let's say you're newer to disability and you run into someone who is living the life that you could hopefully one day seeing yourself living, or even just out of curiosity, wonder how they live that life because you could be going through your own, you know, b- b- challenges come into terms with this disability. Which are going to be unique of, to you. Because they're yours. Yeah, unique to you. And and then you're wondering about the circumstances that this person has built up. Like, I mean, just to even say, I'm moving out to a very remote, um, very secluded lifestyle, like environment and lifestyle, is to say, oh, wow, right? You're, you're, you've really come to terms with what your accommodations are, what you can handle, and how to do it on your own over there. Um, first of all, I find that so ironic. He's like on his own, uh-huh. just living yeah. so solitude and then has like these millions of followers on TikTok who he socializes with every day yeah. um, is, is a wild, you know, thought, but yeah. Um, yeah. And I like the idea that he is sort of, he's not, you know, he's, he's, he hasn't hit his disability at all. And I guess he's not afraid of people asking questions. He wants people to, yeah. and a lot mm-hmm. of people just sort of, uh, you know, don't, you know, I'm don't bother me. Uh, that sort of thing, I guess, you know. Well, And, and I, I wonder if he, he knew that it would go there, you know, like when he, he was doing know. his dance videos no. and all that stuff, if he wondered at some point if people would start noticing and he would come out completely with this disability or if he just let it be what it was, um, which is such a cool approach. It's well, a cool I think, approach, I, but I think also, Billy, he was demonstrating what he can do. And I think a lot of that was for himself. Yeah. And, and I think when he, when he did, when he did his first video, he, 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 did it for himself. It, it just happened. Like, I don't think he really thought that he would get as yeah. many followers. Yeah. And I, I wonder, was he just, just like some people write something down in their diary just to get it out, their feelings, their emotions. And some people want to do video or, or just sit down hit, hit record and talk into a, a recording device. Yeah. Right. It's for that therapeutic for their own selves. go to this one this is an interesting one too peanuts honors earth day and harbor day so basically there's a new film of uh, charlie brown peanuts film going to be released on apple plus i believe it's today or tomorrow and the premise of the film is that we can all make a difference 
to the environment in the uh, you know to help the environment so in the film um charlie brown wants to win the, the neighborhood championship baseball game and his younger sister is rescues a dandelion growing growing on the pictures mound and of course the whole idea is at that point everybody cleans up the field and as the article pointed out it's 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 to show that we as a you know everybody of course it's a part of a larger conversation of course that we can all make a difference the little things that we do can make a, a difference to help the environment and according to the film producer about 90% of the people in the world are like charlie brown who really don't care much about things like this and then you have the 10% that represents his younger sister who is trying to make a change so it's kind of a nice way to cuz you know with all these conversations we've had with our environmental week here on killing company and all kinds of stuff um we're constantly struggling like like the 90% you're talking about right with how even if we can say all right fine i'm ready for change i understand that the change is needed yes clearly we need to do something about the issues that are happening with the environment we don't know where to start or we don't feel that we're connecting directly with the big 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 giant problems that are happening out there right like we feel like we're too tiny too small and we're not going to make a difference but um it's true in this way sally um people who younger people or people who feel like they've band together to actually feel like they are making those changes. So whatever it is that resistance that we have as the 90%, I feel like this is a nice way to understand what that could be. You know, this is going to explore some of these things that we're, uh, we're facing as challenges as to why we won't be more open to change or why we can't be, I guess. And I guess it's, <clears throat> this is directed toward kids and parents, right? I mean, if you're a big Charlie yeah. Brown fan, um, yeah, you're going to, you're going to like this and it's all, it's all good. I, again, as Rum mentioned about the week we had here on the program, you know, it goes back to that, that whole, every little bit, every little thing, it doesn't matter. You're doing something if you can help advance saving the earth in, in, in small, very minute, Somewhere, tiny yeah. things. But if all of us are doing it, they're huge. Yeah, they are. And plus, um, like you said, Billy, just to to add on to your comment about parents and kids, it's it's that generational gap, right? Like we're we're catching the the we're catching sounds kind of evil, but you know we're getting the the parents, the people who grew up with, and then the children who didn't grow up with, and that could be anything. Like we're talking even environment context, um, people who once lived in an era where we weren't talking about the stuff, and now we're like it's in our face, right? Everything is in our face about the environment. And I think the parents, the parents can educate, the, or the kids can educate the parents. I mean, exactly. this is just a lot, a lot of parents. Because uh, the kids are Sally. Yeah, they're young. Like overall, yeah, they're the kids are Sally. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And the, the parents funny. are like me. It's funny when, <laughs> yes and no, but Bill, when, when you were a kid, you were told don't waste stuff. Now, again, I think yeah. a lot of that interpreted to turn the light off, right? For those who, you know, don't waste mm -hmm. energy. Don't, wa uh, don't waste food. Don't you know, throw out something that's perfectly good. We had that in our minds, not necessarily to say, hey, be careful of the environment in the same way. It had to build in that coupling that went on. But, you know, it's so interesting because 
the one thing that was the negative was always, oh, well, we're leaving something for, for our kids. Ah, ha, 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 yeah, we're leaving problems, right? And that kind of has been generation to generation and generation. Well, that'll be someone else's problem in 10 years or 20 years or 50 years, right? And now we're saying, well, that uh, passing the buck, folks, is um, kind of stopped because we are out of time now. And it, it's interesting. Get your engine going because we're packing your bag and we're talking about travel subscriptions. Oh. Actually, yes, they are coming to travel. The question is, should you get on board? Mm. Coming from the Associated Press. So, you know, we have subscriptions for iTunes, books, apps, whatever. But the one thing that we don't have as much of, and it's it's probably going to be catching on, is subscriptions. Um to into airlines and hotels so basically the way the article envisaged it would work is that if you what if you want if you wanted to book a hotel for instance somewhere you could take out a subscription to that hotel and if you wanted to book an airline you could book an a subscription to an airline for that airline to get to where you were going so the deal is you pay X, X number of, of, of dollars a month, and you might get um, two or three stays at a hotel rather than paying one, you know, subscriptions. Well, vacations are usually one-ups, one-offs. So you pay for your hotel, you pay for your airline, and this way you would get all the amenities up front. So you wouldn't be dealing with, you know, it, 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 if you're a high class traveler or you're spending a lot of money, it would be the same. So you would get the same perks and benefits um, as you were pay- as if you were paying big money. So is this more something you would see in the business class of people, Bill? Yeah, like that's what repeat. I'm I, I mean, I guess you could subscribe if you were somebody that had a condo somewhere and you went, uh, you know, a couple of times a year or something like Out that. A traveler. But would it be worth it to them to if you only really traveled a couple of times? You would think that it would be something, depending where you're going, especially if you're going somewhere and there's a chain of hotels, so you could literally fly with the same airline, literally fly. But I'm assuming these aren't connected. Hotels are hotels, and and whatever subscription you get for that, and airlines uh, are airlines, right, Bill? And a lot of people have their preference of which one they're going to use. Yes, but I I think they're trying to get the, the average traveler. I mean, if you... If you can travel, let's say to a hotel three or four times a year for a low, for one price, you know what I mean? Like I think that's the Encourage catch. What to they're go trying more. to, yeah, yeah. That's right. So, so, so many people when they say, "I need my weekend getaway to Boston," yeah, that's they right. have that four times a year where they're going or their favorite city, Montreal or wherever it might be. Yeah. So Alaskan Airlines has a deal where you, I think you pay forty nine dollars a month and you get one round trip. I put two or three round, I think one round trip a month and you get, um, but, but it has to be direct to to one of the airports in California, I believe, or Nevada. So there is, there are catches, but if you, it's for the nomad traveler who wants to travel, it might be a way to go. You know, it, it could be, it could be. 
I mean, I guess what I like my initial impressions of all this is that it's really catered to a niche crowd. Um, whatever the the checkboxes is that this would work for you, uh, you would probably use it. But I don't see it working like Aeroplan or Air Miles. You know what I mean? Where the the bulk of people can say, "Oh yeah, I can get on board." Like Kelly asked, my first question was definitely, you know, business class or. And, and that travelers? would lend itself in certain places, wouldn't it? Like, yeah. I mean, U.S. Yeah, probably club? would. Yeah, U.S. You'd mm-hmm. probably have a little easier with that. Europe, certain places where a lot more hop and a skip. That business would work. But when it comes to encouraging people to go places, and if you had a deal like Billy said, Alaska Airlines has, a lot of us would think, "Oh, I'd love to go out there," and, and that kind of thing. Now, do you want to go out there four times a year or twice a year, or, or get it for a couple of years where you get six visits in or something like that? Maybe that doesn't work for you. But maybe a package of so many different places you could pay for your go you know the five places you're going to go to over a two year period and you get this discounted price or you pay so much for that every month t- towards it but by the time the money's factored in it's a good deal well here's the other thing that here's the other thing that comes into this you normally when you book a vacation you look at all the hotels and all the travel sites to get the best rate this way if you if you could book with a hotel and you already get the best rate, and yeah. the tra- and the price wouldn't increase. That's the other thing. In the travel industry, the it's pretty spiky. So you could book and then find out that um, your flight's canceled, or your hotel's canceled, or it's gone up in price. So this would be it's a kind of like fair, it takes out chasing yeah. the deal, right? Chasing, yeah. you know how yeah. some people will sit there and oh my gosh, I just got a you know a really ridiculous price on a Vegas trip or something like that. If that's somewhere they're into going, or or maybe they want to go skiing and there's a Colorado trip that came up or something like that um, at a really good deal. But also, Billy, I guess if you look at say you go deal with one of the hotel chains and it's more open-ended you don't have to say okay yeah. i'm locked into going to these five you know locations over the two years but i'm locked into to it's using like an all-inclusive yeah or using a particular hotel if it's available to you in the place you want to go over a period of time and in, in, say a two years you're paying into this and you can go to oh well they have a a, a hotel in boston they have one in in calgary i want yeah, if go you're to only staying at hilton's yeah you know in general anyway like based on your history of traveling then this would kind of give you that option right um yeah because i think that like you're saying kels people do bits and pieces of this kind of thing anyway people have preferences uh or you know they only look for certain types of hotels or things that come with certain uh, amenities or perks um and what you guys said already right you, you know if you're going back and forth to a destination all the time anyway then it would make sense it depends on i mean i mean one more subscription. I mean, do we really need one more? You, as I say, we you have subscriptions for I mean, everything, and that's the yeah. thing. Where but unless you're getting out, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> unless you're getting a good deal, right? I think it has um, to yeah, be because sure. because you see the good deals when people play around surfing on the computer and they think, oh my god, through Travelocity, I got this or whatever it's called. I, I got this or that. You know, maybe this is a way where people need that security. They they're yeah. not inclined to go looking now because we're so fearful. I'm definitely yeah. thinking this is direct competition to Airbnb. Yeah, and maybe Airbnb it is. way, yeah, is just totally different, right? Especially when it comes to lodging, like yeah. accommodations. 
Yeah, so, the hotels okay. have got to find, and they want people back because so many people, you yeah. Oh, yeah, think of do. being in a hotel, it's scary when, with COVID. Can you trust them? Are they doing what you want them to do? And if you find a hotel mm-hmm. that does, you might be more inclined to always book your trips to, you know, if you're going anywhere and utilizing their facilities. is a really funny one actually an alligator is um florida um it was spotted in florida this guy is this alligator is 10 foot long and the sheriff's note has put it up on their facebook page and it just sauntered down to harrington lake for a swim um and it's like i don't know out of water i don't know about alligators are they dangerous very out of water (laughs) and they can move fast too in or out Wait, oh, what kind of right? dangerous are we talking about? Like they're going to come after oh, us if we're foot... just chilling, walking down the street? Certainly could. Why do you think I don't go to Florida? I don't know, man. No way. I'm a little I'm skeptical. Always... Uh, if I'm what? minding my business and the alligator's on its mission to wherever it needs to go, swimming. Yeah. The two th- it's going to stop things... me in my tracks? Well, no, the two things important are I would like some water, but first I'll stop and, and have a snack named Rumya. That, like that, no. They, 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 they certainly aren't no, friends. No. no, we need to find out the diet first. The yeah. alligator diet. Meat. Mm. I guess meat. Yeah. Mm. Are you kidding me? You actually like are questioning this? The concern of an alli- a 10 foot alligator <laughs> roaming around in a neighborhood where human beings are? Fine. I'll hide behind a tree. Um, <laughs> There's lots of those. The best you could do is climb the tree and, and you know, he'll just stay down oh, there and geez. wait. Shaq, thanks a lot. We'll get some research done. Matt's looking it up now, I'm sure. Rumya, he eats yeah. people. He will. Or at least your leg. Jeez. Oh, Shaq, we'll yeah, talk to you next week. Uh, next week. See ya. <laughs> I just love how this is duty. Oh, my good I heavens. Yeah, ah. I don't know. Bill Shackleton is a usual suspect on our show, Kelly and Company. You can catch Billy sneaking around the studio on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern on AMI-audio. And be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts for more of The Buzz. All right. See ya. See ya.